0: Is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit like and subscribe, whatever you're listening on. I'm Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King and Dion Reed from Ball State University, Paul Havocott. We are joined by a special guest tonight. So he's got four years at Ohio State University, where he was the team captain. He's an All American. He's in the the Ohio State uh, Valley Hall of Fame there. He played in the NFL with the Dolphins, the Saints, the Redskins. And he ended up coaching a couple of years for the Cleveland Browns. And uh, he went back to OSU, did some strength and conditioning training there. And I'm sure we're going to get about get into all that during our Q&A. But we, we've got just one of the all-time greats there at OSU, Jeff Ullenhaek. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. This should be an interesting discussion.
0: Absolutely. Tonight's debate is going to be the greatest Ohio State University running back uh the last 40 years so that eliminates some players who are kind of the obvious one but uh we're going to we'll have our Q and A after and but we're going to start out tonight with uh Brian and Keith Byers.
2: All right so Keith Byers he's uh just in just within that 40 year window uh 1982 to 1985. Uh Byers didn't get much work in his freshman season but in 1983 his sophomore year he became the focal point of the Buckeyes offense. Uh, he averaged 5.4 yards per carry, uh, gained 1,199 yards on the ground, and found the end zone 20 times. Only Heisman, Heisman winner uh, Mike Rozier of Nebraska had more nationwide that year. Uh, Byers also added 23 catches for 359 yards and another TD through the air. Uh, he was named for the All-Big Ten team that season. Uh, during his junior season, he stepped it up with an entirely to an entirely new level. Uh, he led the nation in both rushing yardage, at, with 1764, and rushing touchdowns with 22. Uh, he had the most yards from scrimmage, uh, 2243, showing again his versatility to make an impact, running or receiving. Uh, he was by far the best back in the nation, and he finished second place in the Heisman voting uh, that year. Uh, also during that season, he had a monster 274-yard five TD five TD game against Illinois, during which uh, he had his famous 67-yard TD run uh, with, when his uh, left uh, shoe fell off. Unfortunately, for his senior season, uh, it was just riddled with injuries. But despite all that, of the backs we're talking about tonight, no one has more TDs uh, in a Buckeyes uniform than Keith Byers. Uh, he finished higher in the Heisman Trophy voting than both Elliott and Dobbins uh, ever did as well. So Byers, he ended up bringing his brand of versatility to the Eagles, Dolphins, and Pats in the NFL, and he became one of the most respected uh, receiving fullbacks of his era.
0: Jeff, yeah, my my question, uh, Brian just mentioned that this guy was a receiving running back before that was even the cool thing. Uh, This guy could get it done and quite a blocker. So uh, what are your thoughts on on Keith?
1: Well, I think that Keith, you know, as mentioned, he was second in the Heisman Trophy, and I think that he would have won it. I'll take you guys back a little bit. There was a Hail Mary pass that Doug Flutie is well known for, and I think that sealed it for Flutie. But, but I thought Keith was the front runner until that big play on national television, last game of the year, Miami, uh, you know, uh, so Boston College. Well, anyways, you're right about Keith. What sets him apart is his ability to catch football his catch radius is superior to most running backs. He's already big. So you talk about a ball being thrown behind him. He can reach back, make the great play. He had superior hands. I would I would say he and Chris Carter were probably maybe the two best hands I've ever been around. And that's including every NFL guy. So uh, a real credit to Chris.
0: Let me, let me also ask you, uh, of, of the four running backs we're talking about tonight, when we look at their NFL careers, and I know this is just what they did in Ohio State, but he had a he had a very solid NFL career. We can't take that away from him. But I would say he's probably last if we were talking NFL tonight, as far as the forge guys we're going to be speaking about. So what 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 makes some of these great running backs in college not do as well when they get to the pros?
1: Well, I would tell you that when he was at Ohio State, he had an unbelievable offensive line. You know, he had Lauder, Milk and Lachey. So they are clearing some good holes for him. Uh, he's a big eye back in college that, you know, created some stuff on his own. But where Keith made a lot of his yards was when he, he cleared the – once he cleared the line of scrimmage, which those pretty good offensive linemen did well for him. And I would tell you that he was dangerous and not many people wanted to – Come up and tackle them. So that's kind of the opposite of okay. It's spread now, and these spread teams; those kids kind of have kids kind of have an advantage because the way this the field is spread and creates bigger holes that way. But once Ke- Keith got in the in the open field, you know, he was pretty dangerous. Just like when we lost the shoe on the long run, I mean, it was uh, I was there on the I was redshirted and on the sideline. It was fantastic. It was amazing. But I would say that what prohibited him from making or being a consistent running back was maybe a little bit of the, you know, he didn't have a lot of wiggle, you know, so I don't, I can't really remember how good their lines were. So if he had to make a play to create open space at the line of scrimmage, that would not have necessarily been his forte. And so I think maybe that might hurt him a little bit. And maybe he'll need a quicker back in there uh, to, to make plays for him. Well,
0: let's move on to well, he's a he's a free agent currently in the NFL. I'm sure by the time this show premieres he will be signed. But let's go Zeke Elliott.
3: Yeah, hopefully people remember his last play with the Cowboys getting plowed on a weird Hail Mary play. But anyway, he came into the into Ohio State as a backup to uh, Carlos Hyde and kind of like Keith Byers didn't really do much. He only had 262 yards on thirty carries that year. But then in fourteen Uh, Hyde goes to the NFL, so Zeke becomes a starter. And for the starter, he he really turns it on. Rushed for over 100 yards six times during the season. In the 2014 Big Ten Championship game against the Wisconsin Badgers, ran for 220 yards on 20 carries for two touchdowns. This win ended up qualifying Ohio State for the first ever college football playoff. So if you consider his stats in the final three games of 14, on the biggest stage of his career, 696 yards and eight touchdowns as he led Ohio State to the Big Ten Championship, of an upset win over number one-ranked uh, Alabama and a decisive win over Oregon in the national title game. It 246 rushing yards against the Ducks with a single-game record in the college football playoffs' seven-year history. It also set the OSU bowl game record. So then in 2015, Ezekiel Elliott began the season by rushing over 100 yards in 10 straight wins, including 274 yards against Indiana on October 3rd as the second uh, most all-time by Ohio State player. On January 1st, 2015, in New Orleans, Alabama cut the Buckeyes' lead in the Shutter Bowl to 34-28 late in the third quarter. And as Ohio State was claimed that lead after the Crimson dot, tied down a punt on the five-yard line. The Buckeyes picked up a first down on three short runs, set up a first and ten from the Ohio State's own 15-yard line. So this is one of the best plays ever right here. Cardell Jones then hands the ball to Ezekiel Elliott on a read option, and he rips off one of the most memorable plays in program history, which is an 85-yard touchdown run on first and 10. Um, So basically, if you look at his career, that run I'm talking about right there, that was the longest play Alabama had given up all season, and the Buckeyes converted, kind of ensuring and, and sealing the game there. But if you look at his career with Ohio State, here's where my argument is. Average yards per carry, 6.7. That ranks number one. 200-yard rushing performance, he's got five of them. That ranks number one. 100-yard rushing performance, he's got 22. That ranks number two. Rushing yards, he's number two as well with 3,961, and he had 44 total rushing touchdowns, which is number four. Really, he did this in only 35 games, so that's pretty impressive. That's Zeke Elliott.
0: So, Jeff, with, with Zeke, he's one of those rare, rare running backs that can – he can run with power, but he can also cut back. We don't see usually both of those talents in, in in running backs. So how do you block differently for different styles of runners and your thoughts on Zeke?
1: Well, I would tell you that, hey, I'm just trying to block the guy in front of me. I got my job to do. He's got his job to do. And, you know, you're talking about linemen and tight ends and maybe you were using a fullback too, working together. So that's – you're trying to work together with your line in order to, you know, create holes and seams and the back's path. So a lot of people don't realize. They just think, okay, this guy's running at the A-gap. There's, a, there's a, a way that a running back sets up a play. And, and all these guys we're talking about were really good at setting up their blockers. So whether it's zone or a gap scheme or whatever, you have to help help your line out, and they were all good. All of them are good at it. Uh, I would just add, you know, just because I was a strength coach at Ohio State for, uh, for Zeke and J.K., and we're going to discuss J.K. as well, And uh, both these guys were extremely hard workers. And just going into Zeke, he came in at 195 pounds. He was already fast, a state high school track champion. And he set the tone for how hard that kid worked. So he left at Ohio State, and I was the weigh-in guy. I mean, Zeke would come sometimes tipping at 232 in college. Like, hey, Zeke, watch it a little bit. You know, let's keep it down. You know, let's not get too big. And uh, he, he generally kept it around 225. But um, we're talking about a guy with an incredible work ethic and has earned everything he's got. Well,
0: let's move on to, uh, you mentioned him. Let's go J.K. Dobbins.
4: All right. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is uh, at the Ohio State from 2017 to 2019. Um, just like most of these backs, uh, freshman year came in uh, initially as a spelling back. But early on, uh, just because we were blowing, up, blowing out those teams, he actually had more carries than the back in front of him and Mike, uh, Mike Weber Jr. Um, he then took the role at the Mike Weber went down uh, with an injury in the Oklahoma game, um, a game that we Ohio State fans do not like to talk about as much. But um, he did finish the freshman year um, with 216 touches, uh, 1,500 yards rushing. Eight, eight touchdowns, and finished the season on 7.1 yards per touch. Um, going into his sophomore year, he ended up taking the starting role from Mike Weber. Um, it was a down year for both uh, for both him and Mike Weber um, as far as rushing. Uh, that was the year uh, when Ryan Day had to start the year as the coach. Um, but he still uh, got well, 1,000 yards rushing and had double-digit touchdowns. Moving to his ju- junior year, when Ryan Day uh, took over as a full-time uh, head coach, he, he relied on uh, Dobbins a lot. Uh, Dobbins had 301 carries, went over for 2,000 rushing yards, 21 rushing touchdowns, and six-point yards per, ke- uh, for, per carry. He also um, added to the uh, passing game with 23 catches, 250 yards, and two touchdowns, and finished sixth in Heisman voting. For his career, he had 725 rushes for 4,459 yards and 38 touchdowns. Um, He also had 71 catches for about 650 in receiving and five touchdowns. Some of the accomplishments that he uh, achieved at Ohio State, he has the second highest yards per carry in a single season, most rushing touchdowns and most rushing yards for a Buckeye, Uh, second most in career rushing. Um, he finished with um, the Earl Campbell uh, Tyler Rose Award in 2019. He was a uh, first-team first, uh, first team All-American and obviously All-Big Ten in 2019. And even as a spelling back, he's finished the year as a second-team All-Big Ten in 2017 and 2018.
0: So he's had some some injury problems here in the NFL, Jeff, but uh, or you worked with him during his time at Ohio State. So uh, tell us your thoughts on him. He can do a lot of different things and has a lot of
1: abilities. He does. Uh, he's small in stature, but he's huge in heart. He's huge. He's got one of the best jump cuts you're going to find. He's very elusive. He's got uh, very solid speed, not breakaway speed like Zeke, but he's got good speed. And, um, you know, he's he's as tough as they come. So he'll, he can make you miss. And he's going to run you over. I mean, don't. There's linebackers in the NFL, and they're going to tell you, "Oh, I took it for granted, man." He's going to try to make me miss, and boom, then he just runs you over. He's surprisingly compact and strong and explosive.
0: Dion, being in uh, Baltimore, was very happy when uh, he showed Absolutely. up there. So. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, let's move on to our our final running back tonight. Um, And we do have some shout outs to guys that just missed the the list. That's Maurice Claret, Beanie Wells, and Jonathan Wells. But uh, our final running back tonight is Eddie George. Played from 92 to 95. Uh, So the thing about Eddie George here, um, he was actually heavily recruited by most colleges, but they actually offered for him to play linebacker. So it was Ohio State who actually gave him the chance to be a running back. So he decided, you know, I want to be a running back, and this is where he chose to go. And and it was the right right choice. Uh, He's got 45 career touchdowns there. That's good for second tonight. Um, He puts up a school record, 1,927 rushing yards and 24 touchdowns. Um, And in that season there, he led the country with 12.1 points per game. And uh, 47 receptions by a running back. That was a school record. So the, the man can, uh, you know, receive the ball as well. Uh, he also set a school record. And, and Brian mentioned Illinois earlier uh, getting run over. Well, Illinois got run over again. 314 yards this guy went for against Illinois. So that, that was a school record there. Um, only eight fumbles in college. So, you know, he didn't have a problem losing the ball. That's, that's only two per year. Um, even though he only technically played a couple years. But uh, 1995 was just his year, though. I gave you those stats. He wins the Heisman uh, winner, his best player in football. You can't take that away from him. He's got that on everybody here tonight. He got the Walter Camp, the Maxwell Award, the Doak Walker Award. He's an All-American. So probably just the best running back, best player in college football there in 95. Um, we know in the NFL, he tore it up for years with the Oilers and the Titans, but, uh, you know, four-time Pro Bowler, over 10,000 rushing yards there. But um, he did end up graduating from Ohio State in 2001. So it was nice to see him go back and finish out that. And then he returned uh, to OSU as an assistant vice president of business advancement, and he was working with athletes on professional development. So it was nice to see him to, to get to go home there to his alma mater. Jeff, Eddie, George, uh I can't find anything negative to say about this guy. I, I think with the Heisman Trophy, that puts him above everyone else, but we'll find that out in our vote. What, what are your thoughts on Eddie?
1: I think Eddie is a, an amazing person. I know all these guys, and uh, he certainly is very gifted. He's, I believe he's, he was in a play up in, in New York. He did, huh. you know, he's been in business. He's been, uh, you know, obviously a great football player. He started out at... I believe, Fork Union Military Academy, and then he came over to Ohio State. Uh, and like you said, he was recruited as as a linebacker, and Ohio State gave him that shot. He had a tough stretch against Illinois his freshman year when he had he had a couple fumbles and maybe cost him the game. I hate to ever put a game on one player, but uh, his 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 durability and toughness stand for itself. Uh, he, had, he had a remarkably... Uh, a remarkable long, steady career. So when I'm looking at someone who's been steady and been th- there for their team and year in and year out, uh, obviously over the duration of college in the NFL, if we're looking at, at just college, obviously at had the Heisman year. Um, I, I didn't hear a lot of stats. The one thing that stands out, I, did anybody give out his stat for his yards per carry average for his Heisman? What do you have?
0: I, I did not. Um, I know he averaged 12.1 yes. points per game that season. And the reason why I didn't bring up his rushing average because he actually has the lowest. Yeah.
1: About. So that's <laughs> – you know, when I look at it, I know his durability over time is what really draws me to Eddie. And he's just uh, such a great person. So I, when it comes down to the end and I got to pick one, boy, I got I to gotta make uh, – I got to send out some texts. Sorry, dude. You know, <laughs> whatever. So uh, uh, let me uh, – I'm still, uh, you know, going over it in my brain. I haven't made a selection in my mind yet, so.
0: And I, I, for his career, I think he averaged 5.2 at Ohio State, but uh, I'm not sure how much it was exactly in the 95 season there. But, uh, well, let's move into our vote. Uh, you guys cannot pick your own here tonight. So, uh, Brian, you're in my upper corner. Who are you taking?
2: Man, I, this is this is really tough because we're all pretty close. Um, to me, I just feel like, if you throw the stats, the accolades out the window, the the best back when they were at Ohio State, just the most explosive one to me was uh, was Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, just and then and then what he was able to do there, you know, I guess Alabama in the championship. I mean, that just stands out. That's that's just huge. Oh, great choice, Brian.
3: I gotta say, um, I'll go Eddie. I'll go Eddie George. And uh, I
0: actually was gonna go Dobbins. <laughs> I had done the research on all these, I, he leads in, in, uh, in quite a few categories tonight, and he did a lot of it in less time, uh, you know, as far as starts and things like that. So I want to give him credit for that. So I'm going on Dobbins, Dion.
4: This is so tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, uh, Eddie George is probably the most famous pick, but uh. I'm just thinking of it from the standpoint, of, like Brian was saying, if you try to throw the names away and just look at the players itself, uh, I'm trying to let my youth here influence my decision, but he is my favorite Buckeye. That three-game stretch that Ezekiel Elliott went on, and you want to talk about a grown man screaming, that run he went into Alabama, I never screamed so loud <laughs> in my life, so I'm going Ezekiel Elliott.
0: All right, we come to you,
1: Jeff. Well, as I said, you know, I, I know all these guys. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the guy that delivered the national title. I'm going to go with the, the team effort. It's really hard for me because knowing all these guys, training them, being around them, putting them through the grind uh, and uh, seeing what they did. But Zeke was a game changer. I don't know that we could have won that without, if we had a backup tailback in there, I can't quite remember who it was, but I don't know that we would have got it done. His big play potential really altered that game. We were down early and he hit the long run. He did get caught on the five, I believe. And then he hit another one later. So he had two big explosive plays in that game that delivered a national title for Ohio State. it has been a long time since uh, 02. And, you know, hopefully we're not waiting too much longer on one as Buckeye fans, but uh, yeah. that's that's what seals it for me. Like I said, all great guys. Um, Keith has just receiving ability. I did look over some stats. You look at what his average per reception and what he did in the length of his career. Like I said, Eddie's durability, and as was just pointed out with J.K., I mean, he his single year, is, it's it's outstanding. It really is, and you know, as a former lineman, I just add. i just thinking back. I can't remember who was blocking for all of them. You know, I just, I mean, Eddie or for his Natty or for his uh, Heisman was that Orlando and those guys in front of him? Who was, you know, what 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 Probably, entailed yeah. all that? You know what I mean? So they're all great backs, all superior careers. Um, you know, and J.K and Zeke aren't done yet uh, but just that explosion those big plays and and that whole senior that whole year junior year that Zeke had that uh, or was it a sophomore year for the, mm-hmm. for the yeah thank you sophomore year for the natty it's like that those plays that he made throughout the year in some tough games that we had where he made a play and uh, and he, and he he changed he changed games for us on a regular basis. So that's that's how I'm going with Zeke. Zeke's my guy.
0: So the team wins out over individual awards tonight as a win for Ezekiel Elliott. So, Paul, you get the win. You get first question in our Q&A.
3: Okay, I'm ready for this because I know Jeff's got a lot of accomplishments, but I want to talk about his greatest probably accomplishment that's appearing in Ace Ventura. That's got to be up there <laughs> with what he probably Designated quite a bit of thought to daily on a daily basis. So maybe you want to discuss how that came to be and what your big takeaway was from appearing in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Well, you know, Marino had the
1: part. Dan was going to be in it. And they, had, they were talking about getting some actors. And then uh, he said, hey, that you want to get some players? And, and, you know, Shule was in it and got ex-players, current players, the whole thing, you know, Marco Coleman was in a nice part, and myself, and Duper, and Dwight Stevenson, former, former center, was in it, and, uh, probably the greatest center of all time, by the way, and so, basically, uh, it was an opportunity. When I went into the movie, I was told I was, since I could ride a motorcycle, that I was going to be in a Harley scene, you know, riding down the highway next to each other, looking for the ring, and then that changed, because, uh, you want to ride a motorcycle, so, um, my part i'll leave it up to any viewers that want to watch it they can find it it's an interesting or you guys can mention it but uh it was fun filming it we did it down in coconut grove at dan's dan's uh, restaurant bar we filmed it in the bathroom there and uh i got to meet you know courtney cox and got to sit at at the bar as you're waiting for the filming. they're doing lighting and stuff and i'm i'm talking to jim carrey and i'm like hey jim can you do uh impressions of you know fire marshal bill and stuff from in living color you know trying to and he wants to ask me about football He's a he was a neat guy interesting guy but uh it was fun it was a lot of fun i didn't tell anybody about it and so that was the interesting part i had friends that saw them you know, went to the movie theater or standing up that's my boy yuli standing up in the middle of the theater people like shut up sit down and uh it was a lot of fun to film and uh, yeah, good part. For a 20 second part, I would be walking through the Fort Lauderdale Airport or the, you know, West Palm Beach Airport, and kids would go, Hey, the guy from Bathroom Scene in Ace Ventura. Well, yeah, dude, I played for the Dolphins for five years, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that's all they knew was that Ace Ventura. So, a lot of fun.
0: We'll, we'll go with Dion Bryan Me. You
4: want me? Yeah. Okay, Jeff, I got to do it. Oh, wait, Ohio, baby. <laughs> my it. question for you. question for you is simple. I mean, um, I've only been uh, blessed to visit the uh, campus uh, once, but I just want to wish you the best experience at Ohio State.
1: Well, that place is remarkable. It gave me so much, so many opportunities, so many great people, and. That's what we say. It's about you know the tradition and the excellence, and it's really about the people.
2: Jeff, uh, from from 1989 to 1993, you were in Miami uh, playing center for the Dolphins. Uh, Dan Marino had already established himself as one of the premier quarterbacks league wide. Uh, being the center, you definitely had to be on the same page as the QB. So, so what was it like in the huddle with Dan Marino, and and what was your relationship with him like?
1: You know, Dan, uh, a lot of people got to see Dan and see the fiery side of Dan. And Dan had a fiery side, and that was when people messed up mentally. So I didn't have very many mental mistakes. So Dan appreciated that about me. Um, and, you know, in the games, he would be the first to get on himself as well. And basically when when someone made a mental mistake, that's what they'd see. Uh, oh you know, whatever. Maybe they thought he was a jerk to his teammates or thought that uh, maybe something he might do was unnecessary, but he's one of the greatest arms ever in the NFL. He was a complete competitor and expected excellence around him. And, you know, you can accept him. He could accept a physical mistake, but not a mental. And so, because like like I said, because of that, he liked that I could direct some pass protections and knew where to help and you know, I always was aware of the greatest rush threat if I was an uncovered lineman. So I know that he always appreciated that. His body appreciated that. So um, it was it was neat, as I said, to play with one of the greatest ever for certain.
0: So at OSU, you you played for Earl Bruce and John Cooper. Um, you know, both of these guys had pretty successful careers there. How did their coaching styles differ?
1: Well, I would just say that Coach Bruce was. On his assistants, he was on everybody. He was a very intense guy that uh, oversaw it and and wanted to make sure it was run his way. But he was all about the toughness. Uh, And, you know, that was represented throughout his life, too. You know, he came on to Ohio State. He was smaller in stature, but was tough as nails and earned his way at everything he did and fought for it. And then I'll just say, like, with Coach Cooper, I have a lot of respect for that guy. He let people work. He let them do their jobs. He was a manager and 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 uh, hiring people. And he was a great recruiter and uh, people person. And, you know, you think, okay, you know, he did have his struggles with the team up north. But in the end, you look at that guy. He lives in Columbus now. He's raised his family in Columbus. He never moved away. He loves the Buckeyes. And, uh, you know, he's a good dude. So, uh, uh they're, they're both neat. One was right on top of things and one let his people really work and do their thing and gave them their space. Excellent. You
0: have, I know you said you got to run here. So do you have time for one more each? I got time, yeah. Oh, perfect, S- same order, go ahead, Paul.
3: Okay, moving into something a little more serious. Uh wondered if you'd feel comfortable talking about CTE, the challenges with it, um, anything you'd feel comfortable sharing with people about what that's been
1: like yeah you know you get concerned you get concerned for your your teammates out there that you know obviously there's different degrees of it there's different effects and how much who's living in what area and what's their support system around them so do I get concerned and do I have forgetful stuff and is that in the back of my mind when when I struggle and then you talk to somebody and they say, okay, that's not normal or that is normal, you know? So, um, you know, it's, it's in the back of your mind, but you know, the big thing is is that they're working towards getting it right. The NFL is, is in fact, this coming year, every five years for the ex NFL guys, they have a complete physical. You can go to certain hospitals and get a rundown. They put you up. They pay for it, um, and it's. I spent three days in Cleveland five years ago, and it's coming up again this summer. So, uh, and they do. They cover you head to toe and neurologically as well as best they can. Now, do they, they can't necessarily. You know, you can, You have to die to discover that you had CTE. But I'm just glad that they're doing things to take care of players, and I'm not one that complains about them you know, a different game. It's still violent. They're so violent in so many ways, but they are protecting players. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever because I do see the issues with so many of my dudes that I went to war with, not war, but playing a game battle with, and uh, you know, you see how they are now physically uh, from head to toe and, you just want to hope that they have good people around them and they have good medical support around them.
4: Yeah. Uh, so you're the, I guess, I think it's safe to say you're the first person I've talked to who's actually uh, had on-field experience with the team up north. Um, what is has you been? What has been your experience playing them? Is it a different type of preparation during the week? And what is it like
1: during the game? Yeah, I mean, it starts the minute you played that game before. Everything ge- gears in towards that because it's a different element around the facility. You know, it used to be when I played, the actual scout team players uh, did their own helmets in the wings. You know, they do it themselves. You know, I was a scout teamer; I did it. You know, when I was redshirted, and then, you know, now. Equipment guys help them out a little bit. They don't have to do it now. They're much busier in college now with that, that schedule those kids have. But from everything, the preparation is done throughout the spring and in summer workouts when you're bringing it breaking it down, you know, beat the team up north or whatever. Or I'll tell you an interesting thing that Coach Trussell used to do. Coach Trussell in the spring Basically, the spring is built up of four weeks. And so each each week on Saturday before the scrimmage you had or even before the spring game, he would show the quarters of the previous year's Ohio State team up North game. And he would show it. And when he would coach, it was the one meeting in the year when he coached it all. He got up there and he spoke. And he described the game. He described, like, what's important in the game, you know, like falling forward for an extra two yards versus getting knocked back and losing that yard. He talked about turnovers. He talked about, you know, tackling. And he pointed out, and he would point it out even if the team up north kid made the good play. And he would, he would talk about what's important to win that game. And he did it all four weeks, including before they're getting ready to go play the spring game. So the importance was laid out right there. You know, they still have periods in the summertime. We would usually do like a Team Up North period. In the middle of practice, we blow a horn and boom, it's five minutes of hell. Where everybody's running, going hard, going some kind of Team Up North drill based on their program. And so secret, they're doing kind of the same stuff up there, whatever it might be, to energize and, and, and help these players realize the importance of the game. Jeff,
2: 1988, your your final season in Columbus, uh, you had a great cool. year. Uh, you were named the Buckeyes team MVP. Uh, so, what did that honor mean to you? And and do you think O. Lyman should be winning more of these types of awards? Well,
1: okay, I love that. Heck yeah, uh, <laughs> but I would just tell you, like, I was uh, grateful that I was team MVP, but we weren't a real good team, if I'm being quite honest. So, a record, I appreciate you leaving that record out. We haven't had many losing seasons at Ohio State, but I was part of one, so it was hard. It was Coach Cooper's first year. There was a lot of a lot of things going on, and we didn't we didn't get it done. And uh, but it was an honor to be voted by my peers as team MVP. Uh, I felt like I was always tried to lead by example. I would be vocal at times and call a guy out if I didn't think they were upholding what they needed to do.
3: And there was a lot of that
1: that year, so it was it was a, it was a tough year. So um, I do appreciate that. As I said, that my teammates voted for me. It was a great honor.
0: So this is uh, kind of a, I guess, an opinionated question here for you. You want a Cotton Bowl and a Florida Citrus Bowl? We see today that players are electing not to play in these bowl games if they know they're going to be heading to the NFL. You know, what decision would you have made if? you know, it was like it is today, uh, You and you, what do you think about players that sit these games out?
1: Oh, well, I would first off say that, I mean, without even entering into the NIL talks, all this stuff is crazy now. It's such a different world, you know. I had to go back and pay for my college education after I left and finished. I had another quarter to graduate. Maybe I'd call Ohio State and i can get refunded for that. Um, but basically, they. Um, when I look at these players and the amount of money that's on the table, if it were my own son, I'm thinking I'm I'm gonna possibly hold. It depends where he lines up. You know, um, to me, it's it is risky. It's a lot of money on the table in futures. Um, and I guess a little bit of that comes from that I was there when Jalen Smith got hurt. Jaden or, yeah, Jalen. When, when he got hurt against Ohio State. And so, boom, that, the dude was going to be a top five pick. And so that did cost him a lot. So that being in the back of my, my head, being right there when that happened and then seeing a little bit of the consequences of it, that does definitely make me, whereas before I could tell you, for sure, I've been like, play, play, play. And now I'm like, you know what? Every case is its own and you need to look at it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeff, for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming on. A lot of fun, guys. Uh, appreciate the time. Go, go Bucks. Go Bucks. I remind everybody hit that like and subscribe button. Thank you for watching. We'll see you all next time. Have a great night.